2: Hello and welcome to the Chakraway Meditation Podcast. Today I'm in conversation with Timothy Stewart, who is an author of over 80 children's books and in our conversation today um, we delve into what it is to introduce the practices around meditation, spirituality, um, mind-body-spirit awareness to children. Now this is something that I feel is really important and if you have um, children, small children I suppose, or even any age of children, introducing them to these concepts is really valuable but Timothy does it in such a beautiful way. He's got these beautiful stories, he uses Um, physical activity, mental activity, creative activity and of course these stories and we all know that children learn best and really well through stories and through characters that they can identify with and so on and he's created a plethora of fun characters Um, and he's been on a journey himself, uh, a big life journey and we hear all about that in our conversation And I think it's just a really beginning, an interesting beginning to a conversation around how we introduce our children to these concepts of self-care, of self-moderation, of being able to, you know, be in themselves, confident in themselves, to feel empowered because that's what we want for our children, right? So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here we go. And so, welcome to the Chakra Way Meditation podcast. And today I have with me um, Timothy Stewart, who is the magical kids' book creator. Welcome, Timothy, and
1: thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm so delighted to be with you, Roseanne, and everyone listening. (laughs) So,
2: Timothy, When I introduce you as a a kid's book, magical, let's not forget that, magical kid's book creator, um, that leaves out, I feel, quite a lot of what you have done in your life and what you currently do in terms of um, healing and creating and um, meditation. And so do you want to just bring us up to speed with a little bit of your... Kind of your know, spiritual journey, if you like, because it's been, it seems quite deep. It seems quite vague from what I've researched.
1: <laughs> Do we want to go into specifics?
2: <laughs> no, just, no, we've, only got, we've only got half an hour, or so, so let's not go crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I, I transitioned from being a certified public accountant um, into opening a chocolate shop. And that transition into a chocolate shop was at that time through a um, a spiritual crisis, we'll say, mm-hmm. where my life entirely, completely fell apart as I knew it. And I laid in bed crying for three days, um, no food, no water. And at the end of the three days, I remember just calling out to God, and I said, I've prayed now I lay me down to sleep ever since my mother taught me as a little child, and if you exist, I need to find you. Shortly after that, I got the inspiration to finally get out of bed and was standing in front of the mirror and literally felt Christ behind me and saying, I'll remake you in my image. And my connection with Christ had kind of disappeared between the time I was five until then. Mm -hmm. It was was there, but never so tangibly. When I was five in military school, I remember I was in the choir and we sang Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, and Jesus Loves Me. And I literally saw angels and chariots and Jesus. And I shared that with some playmates on the swings one day and they didn't respond as happily as I thought they should. (laughs) Everyone still (laughs) that, yeah. So I decided, you know, I really made an unconscious, conscious decision to shut down at that point in time because I felt I wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. And so that, that incident of laying in bed and crying for three days shifted and after getting out of bed, I also shortly remembered a friend in Hawaii the previous year said, if you need a couch to hang out on and get your head together, me a call and I did that. Um, she had a she'd bought a house so I got more than a couch when I got there. I got my own bedroom and she gave me a book before she went to bed that night and said I'm while I'm working the next day read this and it was Past Lives, Future Loves by Dick Sutphen. And I had never heard of Past Lives <laughs> ever, but when I sat in the backyard reading that the next day um, tears just started streaming off and on. It's like inner knowings and things that my daughter had tried to share with me and things that had been happening in my life started to coalesce. And from that point on, I couldn't get enough, um, couldn't get enough information. Mm.
2: So it started and your probably, journey then from that. I mean, this is a very common thing is that people reach a low they reach a, a point where they just don't know which way to go and then this the the spiritual side kicks in backs it kicks back in and then you've obviously got into you know you got into meditation and all of those sort of things so then the chocolate
1: shock happened which sounds like a huge amount of fun and (laughs) (laughs) it it was a it was a huge amount of money a huge amount of effort and i was just following my heart
0: yeah i woke
1: up one morning and literally the first thing out of my mouth when i looked at my partner was if hershey's can make kisses i can make chocolate french kisses (laughs) and that set me off on a quest to make chocolate french kisses and i had some pair lips with the tongue curled out designed and I had packaging designed and had a manufacturer to manufacture them and they saw this product might really take off so they tripled the price on me and right. I then decided I'd learn how to make chocolate myself and opened up my own little chocolate shop and it was in that chocolate shop that one day I got a box that I did not order the delivery driver wouldn't take it back And when I opened it up, there were 50 little teddy bears staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I started a quest to find out who owned those bears. And I found that out. The neat thing was I carried one of those little bears with me in my car. He rode shotgun and at a stop sign one day, I just picked it up and I looked at it and I said, who are you? And surprisingly, he said, I'm Poet Bear. And At that time, I had been writing love poetry for many years, philosophical poetry, and decided, well, this is a great combination. I'm going to take this little bear, put a heart around its neck, put it in a box with a little book of my poetry. Got that all completed, set it out to sell, and my mom took one look at it and said, you blew it. That should have been a children's story. And I said, "Mom, <laughs> there's not one line in there for children about children, and that's just not going to happen." Mm-hmm. But six months later, she had obviously planted a seed, and she knew me very well on very deep levels. And six months later, I got the idea for the first children's stories, and they haven't stopped.
2: Just mm-hmm. keep on coming. So. I mean, the the children's books that you write, they have a purpose other than just to entertain. And and this is very much, uh, it's interesting because children's books, you know, when I was young... It was just, I don't know, well, maybe when you're young, you don't understand or or see that there's a message or a a fable, or you know, uh, within a story. And maybe there always have been, but they seem quite straightforward. And now a lot of children's books have a sort of a definite message, you know, be kind, be loving, you know, share, whatever, you know, get on with your siblings. Um, But your books have... uh, what, what is the main, I mean, I'm sure you have a million messages in your books, but what is the main message? Because what I'm interested to talk to uh, you about today is how we, um, as parents of young children, introduce them to the concepts of spirituality, of meditation, of our energy, of our inner world. Is, are those the sort of things that you speak to in your books?
1: Yes, the uh, main character turned into, instead of Poet Bear, I created Blissberry Bear as the main character, and he lives in the Great Bear constellation, along with Poet Bear and Bhakti Bear for love and Believin Bear for believing in yourself and Chi Bear for martial arts Qigong, Tai Chi type things, and Blissberry Bear zips to earth in a blue pearl starship that just magically appears and gets him anywhere in the universe instantly. And basically comes to help children understand life and their challenges from different perspectives. So all the stories weave mystery and myth, magic, fantasy and reality, values they use Human development principles are all woven there, nonviolent communication, exercises, meditations. I, I weave everything within the body of 86 stories I've created so far. Yeah.
2: And so, um, you know, obviously the majority of people who are listening to this are adults. I have done a couple of meditations for children um for this podcast and they have been popular so there's obviously an awareness of parents wanting to introduce their children at a young age to these practices um you know I know in India you know they do yoga instead of you know PE at or you know sports at school they do yoga as a, as a sort of you know part of the curriculum if you like mm-hmm. which is which is wonderful so that's it's sort of inbuilt into the society that this is you know a way of living this is how to look after your body your mind your soul um and i think that in the west we you know we put so much emphasis on children to you know achieve their grades and to you know get into the sports team and to be friends and with you know have a big group of friends and we don't necessarily put the emphasis on that inner happiness, on that inner world, there's so many pressures, external pressures on children these days. And I think parents are are becoming, you know, very much more aware of that um, in recent years. And so are trying to do things. So, you know, obviously your books are one thing, but, you know, what would you, how would you advise parents to be more conscious as parents to to try and get those messages of, self-care if you like and self-love over to their to their children how do you do that you know you're obviously a master at this so
1: (laughs) one way of doing it is to read them these fairy tales because children learn more by listening to stories and Mm -hmm. especially when you have exercises and focus exercises built within the stories So they see the characters doing them and they can imitate those in their lives. And for parents, it's literally a matter of tuning into your child, feeling which method of learning and exercise and play they relate to, and then building a practice around that for each child. For instance, it's real simple to, like Tai Chi and Qigong, The main point of Tai Chi and Qigong is to focus below your navel and to keep your awareness there. The different movements literally just move and shape the energy, but there's mind conditioning going on. So as you're doing the movements, you focus below the navel. You take that out into your life then and you move from that spot. So I taught my daughter when she was real young how to focus below her navel. Mm. And she would practice it. And she'd come back and tell me, Daddy, I can do this better. I can do this exercise better. I have more balance when I dance. I have children who practice. I created the Power Animal Frolics for children which is based upon the oldest form of exercise known to man, where I created seven beautiful Disney costumes and, and get inside an eagle and a bear and a tiger and a monkey and a gorilla. and a where, dragon. Do the animal frolics, where do the animal frolics come
2: from? I love this because frolic is such a brilliant word, isn't it? But... Um, <laughs> Tell me where where did the animal frolics originate and how it
1: originated about 100 a.d from a doctor in china just being in nature and noticing that most animals in nature are very healthy so he would watch their movements and then he created five animal frolics mm. so that people could imitate those movements and that just dis- he lived. He lived to be way over a hundred, and he didn't die of anything natural. He was put to death, basically. Uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, he, he he went on the wrong side of a emperor. That's, yeah. a, that's a fascinating
2: thing isn't it because that's very much a connection you know connecting your energy to the natural to you know it's a very grounding energy you know animals are very grounded wild animals especially obviously um and so that's a that's a beautiful way of of grounding yourself you know in yoga there's obviously lots of poses that are named after animals uh-huh. um, and I suppose that's a similar in Qigong and um, so on. Is that right? I don't know. Well,
1: the, the, the tai Chi has some animal type movements in it, but the animal frolics are specifically all animals. And those frolics disappeared at some time. And there was a lady in China in the 1960s that rediscovered them and practiced them for six months to heal her cancer that was going on and then she literally went throughout china and got these established within hospitals and there were two hospitals in china that used meditation and the animal practices and diet solely as their method of healing really they're very powerful and they're very fun for kids because you each animal you can do in a short sequence So, kids don't have to spend 30 minutes or 60 minutes. They can spend four minutes a day imitating one animal, do another animal another day. And not only does it move their body, it actually moves and twists their body in more ways than swimming does. And it also teaches them to focus. So then Mm -hmm. they can take that focus into their lives. And I had one little boy who just said, I. You know, I sit at a test and I didn't know an answer, so I just did what you taught me in Tai Chi. I just sit, close my eyes, focus at my navel for a few minutes, breathe, and then I know the answer. You want to give children these tiny little techniques to
2: access their potential, their magic, their energy, whatever it is that they need. Um, And teaching them to do that through, and stories, so why are stories such a, a, I mean, I suppose it's a silly question, isn't it, why are stories so important for children and so important for learning as, as a as a being, as a human race, that's what we've always done, isn't it?
1: Well, it, it, it's been proved, I mean, the, the sages of old and even the sages today and the saints talk about that we have the, that a mother has the potential to Basically, create the child she wants by reading the specific. If you want your child to be a scientist, you start reading scientific information about the fifth month in the womb. If you want him to be an artist, you start reading things like that. If you want him to gravitate to a specific type of music and be a musician, you start playing that music. Yeah in the womb the child starts to imprint to all the outer sounds and especially the mother's voice so if you read stories and it's been proven if you read stories starting the fifth month of the womb those children succeed in life more than if a child has not been read stories
2: wow okay so for those of us who aren't five months pregnant you've got children
1: <laughs> and for those who aren't five you're
2: already, months pregnant, you're already, already it's just...
1: You know, we're give him birth, and that's the one. start, but um, Albert Einstein, in response to a mother who wanted to know how her 12-year-old boy could be a better scientist in the future, Albert's response was, read him fairy tales, and if you want him to be more brilliant, read him more fairy tales, so one of the things fairy tales allows is to for children to develop their imagination and create inner images. And that literally is the entire foundation on which a child's life is built. That was um, Joseph Chilton Pierce, who was an expert in human development, talked about the ability to create images and how that moves out into a child for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I studied with Joseph and knowing that it gave me the idea instead of creating picture books full of pictures that some adult put on a page my stories have beautiful cover illustrations the inside of the pages are blank so the children can create their own images and that also creates a bonding effect with the parent or the reader because with each page, they can have an interaction. You know, you can ask the child, what are you feeling when you hear those words? What do you see in your mind? What is your picture?
2: So what you're doing then is, is I guess, um, feeding and nurturing that third eye chakra energy, which is visualization. It's, but that then feeds into the the other side of of the third eye, which is your uh, intuition, and learning to trust not only uh, you know if you can trust that visual visualization side of your brain. Your, you know, your intuition is more likely to be trusted or trustworthy, but trusted because a lot of people go through life not trusting their intuition. You know, they have that little voice in their head that says, no, not such a good idea. They do it anyway because they think they should. And for children to learn that. And that's maybe maybe I mean, what you're when we're talking, I'm feeling quite inspired thinking, actually, teaching children about the chakras about the energy centers and what you're saying about that that focusing in on the navel and i'm sure through all your teaching you know plenty about the chakras but for you does that represent the solar plexus or the sacral chakra when you're talking about that or is it a bit of both um it's,
1: it's, it's like the area two inches below the navel
2: Yeah, so that's more sacral, which is a creative center, really.
1: Yeah, and and I just, the the chakras and tuning into (laughs) what's going on there is so important for children. So I created a story called Vision Quest. And I actually take the children through an imaginary vision quest where, you know, they do some pre-work and they do a little bit of, change their diet a little bit and they prepare their body for it. Okay. And, and then they create their own little place somewhere, <laughs> wherever it can be. It doesn't have to be out by themselves in the desert somewhere. It can be in their own backyard, in their house, in a closet. And they create their own vision quest. And part of that is pulling the energy and focusing on each chakra using different animals. And I've got animals in there and creativity. So they, they focus on each chakra. Focus on the color, visualizing it. They tone the sounds of the chakras. Yeah. And it takes them up through each chakra with a gift appearing at each chakra for them.
2: Wonderful. Yeah. This is the kind of... Thing that I wish that I had known <laughs> when my kids were <laughs> five, six, whatever. Me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why we're doing this work now so that we can share it because I do think that it's just like the most important work that we can do as parents is to, you know, obviously, but to the next generation needs to be taught that they have the power of self actualization of self um, self self-awareness I guess is really what I'm what I'm looking at uh, or what I'm thinking about self-awareness growth within children so they don't rely on the exterior world they don't rely on their peer group or their teachers or you know and they can recognize perhaps because now as adults you know when you talk to adults and you talk to them about Um, you know the programming that they've had whatever that may be the imprints that were put on them when they were children when you're a child and you're young you just take these things for granted so if you were I don't know punished for something unjustly or you know you've taken that on board there's some sort of wound or trauma there but if as a child you actually could look at it and go well that's that's their problem. That's not my problem. That's their energy, not my energy. I don't need to take that on. Oh my God. Can you imagine how much, you know, a, a whole generation of, of healthier adults would, would spring up if, if children were taught to, to think that like that?
1: Yes. And so if, if parents create the space within the environment of the house to foster that, then it just becomes a normal part of life. And you, know, you, you don't have Yes, in in today's busy world you don't have to spend a lot of time doing that. Even if you spend ten or fifteen minutes in the morning, ten or fifteen minutes at night and create that safe space for children and create some sort of rituals, whether it's storytelling or whatever works to come into a calm <laughs> centered space and regroup from the day and in the morning, you know come from a place that, you know, we're going out in the world together. You know, we've created this sacred space. We're going to take this energy and we're going to go out and do our day. And then we're going to come back and we're going to regroup and we're going to process things that happen during the day so that they don't get carried over. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if I had felt safe when I was five years old to go home and tell my parents, boy, I see angels and everything. And I told the kids and they didn't like it too much. And now I don't feel safe. And if my parents had the capability of just explaining to me that, no, you just made the wrong decision about shutting down yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) life would have been much different for 30 years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And this this moment that you're talking about, which I which I get, you know, and and a lot of people, I think, will do this, you know, we have a little bedtime ritual, because you want to bring every energy down. And, you know, and I know, when my kids were little, you know, I used to love that time, you know, yeah, you're exhausted at the end of the day, and you just wanted to sort of put them to bed and go and, you know, (laughs) sit down and have a quiet glass of wine or something. But there was it's a very special moment when you're going to bed they're going to bed rather and you sit and you read a story with them and they're engrossed and they're calm and it's soft and gentle but and there is to a certain degree a type of meditation I would I would I would say but what can we do to sort of um to encourage children to find that quiet that because just telling a child to meditate and just sit quietly and don't think of anything is stupid I mean on the whole that's stupid for most adults to be fair Um, but for children what's the best way to introduce children to meditation as a concept so that they can find that quiet and then as they go into their teenage and adult lives they can transition that into a really good strong healthy meditation practice
1: yeah that's one of the reasons i created the power animal frolics because that focus is Mm -hmm. a meditation yeah yeah yeah. And yeah, no, you know, trying to get a child that that's why in yoga there's animal poses because mm-hmm. children like animal poses and they can pretend they're a frog <laughs> <laughs> or, or they can pretend they're an eagle. So yeah. you make it fun for the child and they don't even have to know what they're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: or why they're doing it. It's just fun. And you know, we can teach children to take a moment when they get upset and breathe, just calm themselves down. Mm -hmm. And children can learn that anger can be used as a very powerful tool to feel terrific. So they have all that energy running in their body when they're at the age where you can get them to just stop for a moment, feel all that energy Put it at the base of the spine, and this is great for adults too. This this doesn't just relate to children. Mm-hmm. So in the Spanda karikas out of India, it talks about anger being one of the closest vibrations to our God self. So if you take that anger that you're feeling, no matter what triggers it, and I I just put these two together from all my background in Tai Chi and Qigong and Yoga and Meditation. And when I heard that thing, that anger is this powerful energy that's close to God, it's like, okay, let's use that. Let's take all that anger, let's focus it at the base of the spine, and then let's pull it up the spine, up the chakras, out the top of the head and give all that anger to God. And what I have found in myself and working with other people with this is not only does it get rid of the anger that's going on in that moment but that process of pulling it up the chakras literally purifies it so whatever the source was is also getting purified at the same time so it doesn't linger it's gone
2: that's quite a that's quite a strong brilliant technique so when you are sitting or when a child is sitting in that space of anger and they're like really like wanting to just tear the place apart and screen the house down, to tell them to sit quietly and just imagine. And what do you, is there a visualization that goes with that? Is it like sort of steam rising from this heat of the anger? Or well, you,
1: you, what, <laughs> you can do that, but what whatever connects in with the child, whatever the feeling is, you know, it's like they've got to connect or anybody doing this has to connect with what they're feeling mm. so whatever that's going through their mind what's going through their body yeah you just focus that and pull it up and out and do it slowly
2: okay using breath or just like sitting quietly and just uh, and just visualizing it coming out when back no i
1: would use yeah. breath i would use anything that they want to use yeah and, in one of the last books I wrote, it's a book about, um, it's called Precious Panda Pearls. And it was originally, it took me two years to let that thing foster with fester within me, grow within me. And it started out to be Patience, the Impatient Panda. And I was going to talk about patience. And then as I started writing the story, more precious peas wanted to come out like possibilities and perseverance. But within that story, it's and it's the life of a baby panda from the time he's born till the time he leaves his parents, his mom, three years later. And I cover anger with children in there, and that they there's a it's called panda stompa, so it's a practice going around and stomping your legs one at a time and your hands and you getting rid of the anger that way. So there's Several creative ways you can use with your children to let them just focus on the anger, let them know it's okay, and here's what we can do with it to make yeah. it fun.
2: Use it for use it for good, almost. Use it as a sort of um, propeller, if you like, to kind of like raise your energy and
1: yes, and
2: and let it go. That's so it's brilliant. I love this. Um, and I, I think that it's a really important thing to to uh, to focus on is is our you know trying to help our children deal with the very tricky world that they inhabit. Um, and so, where um, Timothy, are people able to find your books? Are they can can you just get them on Amazon or somewhere? Where where do people find your books? Well,
1: there's there's two books on Amazon but mostly they're available all of the ebooks are available at my website at timothystuts.com, mm-hmm. and I, i've also created an absolutely <clears throat> book club it's called bliss Berry bears way beyond a book club <laughs> because not only do children get a forever library of my 86 stories but once a month there's a live zoom and The following month, there's a exercise, a program, a fun play thing where the children because there's no pictures on the inside, they're going to create their own pictures, they can use whatever medium they want, they send me the pictures, and then we're going to create illustrated by children's books, so we'll take all the different illustrations and put them together in an illustrated book by the children and the parents, also, the parents also, I have a parent support group in there too for live Zoom. So parents that need help with things going on in their life or just need a place to come and breathe for a couple of nights each month and share what's alive for them in the moment, they get support that way too. So I have a lot of different programs and services for families and children
2: Wonderful. Well, I will make sure that the link to your website is in the show notes. And um, and I know that because I was having a look at it earlier today that there's quite a lot of freebie stuff there that you can just go and download. And um, so there's lots of resources there for people to go to if they're interested in in just exploring all these brilliant new ways of of helping their children Um sort of connect with their energy connect with their uh their inner selves and having that inner yes. yeah i think yeah, that i have
1: a 10-week course called the magical miracle of you for parents and children and i just finished a on-demand training webinar three magic wands for healthier more creative more empowered children that it's a wonderful resource for parents. It's really important
2: work. It's really beautiful work that you do, Timothy. I'm, I'm very grateful to you for, for taking the time today to explore and share your brilliant world of <laughs> this fairy bear and all his mates and all um, oh, the work that you do is fantastic. And and just, I also wanted to point out that you've also got a um, an animal frolics thing on your website, haven't you? Which if anybody's interested in connecting with the, with the animal frolics as a physical practice, because it's something that you can do that's just a fun thing to practice in the garden
1: during the summertime, you know, it, and it's Ex- exactly no matter how old you are. I have seniors that follow along to that because they just absolutely love it. I mean, it's it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm game. I want I want
2: in on the animal frolics. I think they sound like a lot of fun. So yeah, please do go everybody, go and have a have a look. If this is something that has um piqued your interest, I will put the show notes, um the link in the show notes. And, uh, and yeah, let me know and let us know if you have had any good results or had, you know, lots of fun with it. So that's great. Well, thank you so much, Timothy, for joining me today. It's been a real joy to have you.
1: Oh, thank you, Roseanne. It's been wonderful to be with you.